1: Hey, everybody, welcome to another edition of Creators Outlet brought to you by our friends over at the Inked Marketing Team. If you're going to launch a Kickstarter or Indiegogo, go check out Inked Marketing. They're 30 years in the business, they can help you get through. Right now, we'd like to welcome our guests for tonight. Marvin Wynn.
2: How's it going?
1: and
0: heroinberg
1: heroinberg okay i -hmm. had no idea how to say that (laughs) yep so tell us how you guys uh got into comics
2: and what drove you to want to create them
0: you go first marvin
2: all right sounds good so i am a i'll say that i am a child of the 90s comic boom And the creation of Image Comics is the reason why that I started doing comics. Um, So I started reading comics in the 80s. um, Captain America, X-Men, I think Robotech was out in in the 80s. I was reading that also. But Mm -hmm. it wasn't until uh, the 90s boom when uh, Jim Lee and those guys left Marvel and DC to form Image that I decided, well, I mean, maybe give it a shot and see what happens. So I started writing around 93, 94 uh the stuff wasn't very good so i took like a break and took some like marketing and creative writing classes and didn't really dive fully into the book until 2012 when i uh hooked up with uh our artist mark louis oh cool
1: and what about you Harold berg cool my saga is
0: slightly older but not by much um i'm a bronze age kid i guess uh so one of the very first comics I bought was maybe Star Wars number one, you know, right after the movie came out, mm-hmm. had some nice Carmine Infantino type art there. So yeah. Um, I, uh, bought comics for, you know, through my teenage and early college years, uh, uh, through the eighties, mid, mid to late eighties, uh, enjoyed, uh, following the indie boom that was there at the time, both the black and white stuff and the color stuff, uh, like uh, uh, Kamiko, First Eclipse, stuff like that. So not only mm-hmm. was I reading uh, George Perez's New Teen Titans, but I was also reading, for example, Bill Willingham's Elementals and um, books like that. So um, I uh, left comics for quite a long time because I couldn't uh, afford uh, during college to buy records and comics at the same time, and I was very much into the independent music scene. So I just kind of, you know, followed the comic scene from afar through the 90s and 2000s, you know, but while, you know, uh, appraising myself of uh, most of the major developments and the movies and all those things. And, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I also had grown up on uh, the superhero TV shows of the 70s and early 80s um, as well. So, um, uh, yeah, I got back into comics pretty heavily about – 2013, I, I guess uh, we would call it the second image explosion, um, and uh, bought you know various image books like that, uh, Saga, Wicked in the Divine, um, Black Science, and uh, I didn't really stick with that genre though per se for long because after getting back into comics, I discovered everything that I'd missed, and there was a lot, you know. I discovered uh, Good Girl and Bad Girl. Uh, I discovered uh, all the stuff from the. From the 2000s the new 52 uh, and a whole new generation of you know indie indie companies and titles and uh started reading books like bomb queen and uh, invincible and empowered so uh mm-hmm. so uh yeah around 2016 i decided to um produce a live action superhero show with some of the new influences i had both from tv movies and comics And uh, Heroinberg started out as a live-action TV show, which is still going. It's downloadable from our website. And then about a year and a half ago, I started turning it into a comic. So unlike with other things uh, where the comic becomes the Netflix series or whatever, I went uh, in the opposite direction and, uh, you know, uh, uh, maintained a total DIY nature here. (laughs) Uh, Also, everything we do is produced in Pittsburgh. Marvin and I are both from Pittsburgh. Uh, We met uh, a couple years ago. And uh, we've been friends and uh, collaborators um, in various respects. Um, but, uh, yeah, the, the u- one of the unique things about Heroinburg, both the comic and the videos, is it's entirely produced in Pittsburgh. Every aspect of it. Um, so, there you go. That's uh, kind of uh, our origin stories.
1: Cool. So, you and I grew up around the same time because uh, I'm a Bronze Age kid, too. Correct. You know, even... You know, even if I am one of the co-hosts of a uh, podcast that's called OK Boomer.
0: That's right. We should we should be on OK Boomer uh, at some point, you know, and uh, we should boom out. You know, I'm not a boomer. I'm an Xer. Right. But, you know.
1: Yeah, it's you know, we're we're close. Uh, yeah. My co-host on that, uh Thomas and I, we ju- we just look older than we are because we're like, you know, both bald and beaten down. <laughs> so, uh you know, we we dive into like you know older you know older books, uh, gold, silver, bronze age books, and sure. you know we read them and we discuss them on the show and kind of go through them like you know page to page and you know just have a good time. So you know anybody watching that you know isn't familiar with the with a book can get like a little history lesson and you know maybe maybe find something new that you know sparks their uh, love of comics all over again. So.
0: Yeah, sure, I'd love to uh discuss things, you know, like Black Cat, Kitty Pride, Claremont's X-Men, Dazzler, um, the Judas contract, um, Dial H for Hero. Those were kind of our things back then.
1: Yeah. Uh because the show's almost ending next week, we're we're covering uh the very first appearance of Falcon. That's seventies, yeah. Yeah. That's cool. But, yeah. <laughs> but let's talk about this. So, you went from a live action show that you guys were, you know, self producing. Yes. That pe- people can download. Uh, can they download it just from the website or can yeah, they, they see? Yeah, they
0: purchased them direct from the websites, like buying a live action comic book. Uh huh. Yeah.
2: But you have, yeah. you have clips on YouTube. Yeah.
0: And yes, and there also we have a YouTube channel that has hundreds of clips, uh, you know, outtakes, trailers, uh, character intros, uh, and also a series called Comicsburg, which which uh, interviews um, people from the Pittsburgh comic scene, creators and, and shop owners.
2: Uh, oh, cool. Marvin is
0: Marvin's uh, is involved with Heroinberg to the extent that uh, he he runs second camera for us. Um, sometimes he's also a uh, an actor. He plays a villain in the series. And uh, we're going to be doing a crossover with characters between our book and his, *The Edge*, as well. So, and we we share tables at conventions, and uh, you know, plan plan things out a lot, like what, like here, for example.
1: <laughs> well, you know that it it works out. You know, you guys are both from Pittsburgh, and yep. uh, I hate I hate the Penguins. So, uh... <laughs> that's right. I'm from Boston. <laughs>
2: Well, you gotta hate people who win, right? I wouldn't know. <laughs> oh, come You're on! A- you got you got Tom you got Tom
0: Brady for all those years, right? Are you an Ivy League guy, or are you more of a Southie? Southie. Okay. <laughs> Marvin can talk about the edge.
2: Yep. So let me. Uh, I'll share my screen. So we can go over the preview. Looking to see where
1: stuff is.
2: Okay. Take your time. If not, I can just talk. Well, you
1: can, you can keep talking uh, while, I,
2: while, I, so, while I... So the, the, the basis of, of the uh, story is that we have a, a drug called the Edge that while it gives amazing abilities, uh, the more you use those abilities, it starts to drain you out and then turns you into a husk and then kills you. So we have a character, uh, Revenant, who has decided that he no longer wants to work as a pseudo uh, assassin for the United, for the government. So he goes rogue out into the world with the secrets of the edge. So uh, his filmware handler, Tartable, decides that He doesn't want Revenant to release information, so he forms a strike team to go after him. Uh, Our first issue uh, debuted from um, Diamond on 324. Uh, So it's been in in shop since then. We've sold out of the initial run and now going ready to go through our second print. Uh, Issue two will release in the next previews for July. Uh, We kind of did a goof on uh, doing what were we doing uh, quarterly instead of just doing by monthly from the start? So after issue two, we're going to go by monthly. Currently, we are in the throes of working on issue fifteen and three other one shots. Okay,
1: it's it's great that you're in previews because uh, they don't have they don't have much left. But uh, you know, you know, uh, some of the you know. I don't want to say Marvel and DC are the big two because they're they're really not anymore. Because the, the I consider the big publishers like those two, uh, Image, you know, Image, IDW, uh, IDW, and and right. Boom, yeah. Uh, and everybody, everybody else, I consider you know small press to uh, you know independent. But now right. there's 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 nothing in there's next to nothing in a previews auto form for, you know, what it used to be. So.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's still a huge telephone book full of stuff. Oh and yeah. We, we still, we still, like when I contact stores, uh, most of them have said that we're really glad that you reached out to us because we would probably miss the book as you're flipping through it because there's so much new stuff coming out and so many var- variations on things and reboots of, of number ones. And so, I mean, it could be a it could be a good thing for diamond that they don't have um their big guns and to me marvel and dc will always still be the big guns they're based on volume so most yeah. stores are ordering 20 30 40 50 hundreds of copies of avengers batman superman and things books like that but i mean this gives an opportunity for other publishers to get noticed or other books to get noticed along the way if marvel and dc are no longer in that catalog even though they had their own specialist catalog, they were still making that catalog fairer than it, and it probably should be. But we're, we're going to see what's going to happen because we don't even know if those other publishers are going to stick around either. Maybe they might decide that Lou or um, Penguin is a good option for them. But I mean, we're, we're still grinding no matter what. Uh, we're still contacting stores directly. We're still talking to people and we're trying to get them interested in it. So I think our first issue was a good good run um, like I said, we sold out and going to second print, but it's going to be that second issue that's going to be the bigger gauge. So we're we're going to be contacting more stores for issue two. And uh, what was the print run on, on the
1: issue that sold out? Number one there.
2: We sold uh, three thousand copies.
1: Well, that's that's a that's a good solid run.
2: Right. I mean, uh, um, I'm greedy, so I want more. So well, you know. it's, it's about dub, like doubling up on issue two, doubling up on issue three, issue four. Like I said, mm-hmm. no, we're, we're so far ahead um, that I think we're going to have a lot of traction going. And like, it's it's a it's a story that like, and I like to tell Heronberg by the time, it's like, it's all about escalation and escalation in the story and making things more tougher for the characters and putting them in the positions that are un uneven and then seeing how they work themselves out of it because you have to let the characters talk to you and when you're writing these stories.
1: Oh most definitely. And like I said that we're not
2: we're not trying to beat people over the head with, with certain things. Like I mean there's a lot of there's a lot of deep stuff in here, but we're letting people make up their minds on what it is. So we're not even calling our character Revenant or our strike team good or bad. I want people to decide who who the good and bad guys are. And and see how things shake out because I don't I don't want people to say that oh that guy's the bad guy because nearly in books now the bad guy become becomes the good guy where everyone likes the bad guy <clears throat> and they become too popular and then all of a sudden you're like just try to decide uh, is the bad guy now a good guy is it Harley Quinn like a Harley Quinn character or a saber tooth where all of a sudden they're on the side of the, uh, the other side and trying to decide there I don't want that characters to become like that. I don't want them switching sides. Unless it makes a mm-hmm. story. Hey, I found a button. <laughs> oh,
0: things are being shared now. Woo! Uh,
2: are we sharing the uh, PDF? Yeah, Edge is up. Okay, so, and I mean, this is this is this is just a short preview of what's going on in the book. And our our artist is Mark Louis. Our colorist is uh, Luis. Delgado, he's um, normally working with IDW. He does Ghostbusters, Ninja Turtles, things like that. Yeah. Yeah, this looks good, man. Oh, yeah. Mark did a really good job of just, like, killing it on the art and just emphasizing, well, what's going on in these scenes. So we see that uh, they're pretty much in this harsh wasteland in, in the snow, covered by mountains, and they're their satellite or satellite images and things around the area continuously go on and off, which gives Revenant an opportunity to sneak back into the facility. So he's supposed to be off on a mission. They think he's out out in the world doing things and he's coming back to get to get get some payback.
1: Cool. as, as soon as I saw the the base and uh you know the, that first page, I'm like. It it made it made me instantly think of, like, you know, an old G.I. Joe cartoon.
2: Mm-hmm. Yes. So like that's that's it's also one of our influences that those those things that I grew up with, uh, G.I. Joe, um, Spider-Man and his amazing friends. Those things influence uh, uh, both of us because Mark and I are both from about the same era. So th- at this point, Revenant doesn't get to get his, his full revenge. And then we jump ahead two years later. As he's as uh, Tartar boy is uh, reading over uh, Revenant's file, so he's entering to the base. He meets his mission controller, and then we we jump into the team already in, in a mission uh, in San Diego. So this is this is going to be something that's continuously thrown out in this book. And you see these symbols on this the sword here. Mm-hmm. This is, this is something that is continuously going to come up. There's these symbols that are baked in in, in various places in the book. Uh, people's swords, some have tattoos like a guy, one guy has it on his chest. I mean, it's burnt. There's one burned in the table here that I, I think people will miss this one. But it's just this this whole entire um, thing as we build the story around all, all these things going on that are involved in this, that was this, uh, this thing, the edge. And where, where it comes from, how it was created. So we have her character, uh, Interim, sneaking in. She has the ability to create what's kind of like a time portal, where she can see a few seconds ahead into the future. But as you see, that when this guy is getting ready to kill this woman, she comes f- flash it into the room and also can use these portals to step through. So she can open the portals and then proceed to kick these guys' asses through the portals. Oh, I like that. And the one, the one thing I really like about this page is how Mark drew the panels as the panels are moving uh, based on the action.
1: Yeah. It's it's a different arrangement than what people are probably used to seeing.
2: Yes. Like it's it we, he, he tries to make everything look kinetic. Like you said that it's like a GI Joe cartoon. You want to try to make it look like everything is moving and it it has that sense of what's going to happen next or what's, what's he going to do next? I mean, we don't, we don't, we don't follow a lot of rules. Uh, with this book, we break a lot of rules to just to see how much action we can bring to it.
1: Yeah. I love the coloration on the, on the portals too.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Luis does a really good job with the colors. I mean, this is a team of guys that I don't have to usually, um, make changes. I think in, in the time we've been working all working together, I think I've made one change. And that was to the character Blaine in his hair. Uh, he started off. He starts off with long hair, and I didn't like it. So we went with the anime uh, point hair. So I'll, I'll share this um, this other folder. <laughs> there you go. I know, right? <laughs>
0: there you go. You got it.
2: So this just just takes us through um, like pages from that book uh, issue two. Uh, this is one. This is going to be one of our exclusive so covers for issue two, and I had to hide what's what's on the tombstones there. So these are these is going to be part of our. We're doing a source book uh, later. Then these these will be part of those cards for the for the source book and not pages from the same book. So we'll jump through that.
0: Character cards.
2: Yep, So here's the blank, and you see he's got the uh, the anime poof on the hair there. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. So-, <laughs> so so we we were we were talking the other day, and we decided we're going to we're going to show how his hair stays like that no matter what's happening in in, in the book. Just something interesting, fun. This is the cover uh, for issue one.
0: Some sort of high tech pomade.
2: It's <laughs> more than that. It's more than that. It's gonna be fine. It's gonna be interesting. So this was. Oh, the- is that here, Joe? Hmm. That that's a
1: that's my uh, my lowbrow humor. Oh, yeah. is
2: that here, Joe? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, from um something. What's it? Uh, something about what's the name of that movie? Something about Amy. Mary. Yeah, something about Mary. Yeah. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah. So this is our this is our web excuse cover, our Blaine versus Revenant. That was done by Netho Diaz. So you see that he originally had long hair. Oh yeah. And then we we, we had to get rid of it because did, it didn't it didn't fit the character. I thought I thought it was the one thing that I didn't didn't really vibe with me. Was the, it was his long hair? Looks more like a gambit. Yeah. Then this is uh the uh, mission commander uh. Tortable. So this is our this was our Marvin Win exclusive cover. So this was a trifold cover, and it shows Revenant and the team in action. So Revenant is able to duplicate himself off of uh, multiple or single drops of blood. So it will oh, be, a, I, yeah, I, I know
1: team. where that influence comes from.
2: Yes. <laughs> So there's a, there's going to be a lot of him duplicating himself just to get himself out of sticky situations. So I like to I like to consider him the ultimate escape artist. So these are our second tier villains. And most of the all of these characters are named after fallen angels. Nice. And this is our, our villains cover. And you'll see this woman is wearing this uh, contraption, which is a living creature. So her whole entire costume is a living creature. She's got a
1: symbiote costume.
2: It's a body hugger instead of a face (laughs) hugger. (laughs) And this was uh, Heron Burr was talking about crossover. This is his character, Mark Drake, meeting uh, our character, Marcus Drake. And that was done without knowing, before we even knew each other, these characters existed.
0: Yeah, we had two characters with the same name, essentially. That's
1: kind of ironic, huh? <laughs>
2: yeah, it's a coinkidink. A coinkidink. So this is our, this is this is a character roster that's gonna take us up to, I think, issue 15. So all of these characters will have some kind of involvement in the book uh, up until issue 15. Uh, since this has been drawn, we've added another 20 characters, I believe. So we've got, we got a whole universe of characters and they're not, they're not just character characters or just based around powers. They all have some, some depth and personality.
0: It's quite a roster. We, we've yeah. got a big roster too. Ready to, uh,
2: check out our roster here. <laughs> oh, that's a great one. Yeah. This was the original trade pickback back. Trade but recover. This one will probably make a comeback later on. Uh we might redo it. I mean, we, we like to redo things like we look at them after a while and you go, and eh, this could have been this, this could have been that. So this this may make a comeback.
0: Talk about what happens to all those portals.
2: <laughs> so um we're going we're gonna dive into it later in the story, but interim has been opening these portals since she was six years old. Uh and they're not all closed. So Uh-oh. One of the things we say is that it's a door that's open on both sides. So while something can come, can go through it from our side, it's something to come through from another side.
1: Mm-hmm. And what it's
2: done is in her, where she's from, it's upset the time balance there. So it's where she's from is 24 hours, I'm sorry, 12 hours ahead of the rest of the world. So when they actually visit that area, they're walking and all of a sudden it turns from daylight to night. I have that problem when I sit in my chair to read a comic.
1: <laughs> it's white out. and I've got lots of light in the room. Next thing I know, I go, wait a minute. How'd it get dark?
2: <laughs> <laughs> so this this is our, one of our things that we have coming way later is a, um, we're going to bring in, there's going to be a threat so big that we're going to have to contact the, the rest of the indie universe to come and help.
1: Yeah, I like that image.
2: Uh, this is so we we consider Blaine interim and Mystic our Trinity. So this is our Trinity cover. Badass. Uh This is another one where someone's watching the the multiverse of indie of indie characters. Nice. Uh, this is our character Chaos, and um, you see that where he's darkening. This is he's infected with the Edge. And that's it. Okay. I oh
1: man, that's pretty rad stuff though.
2: Thank you.
0: All right. You. I'm I'm gonna share our website and go through it a little bit, if that's okay. Sure enough. Okay. Um here's the website. Uh hold on a second. How do we, how do we do this? Share huh and uh okay that is are you seeing it now wait not yet i have to no i have to hit the the button here entire screen and uh it's not letting me do that Mm. Mm, come on buddy oh there it goes i had to click on it all right there we go and okay. are you seeing it now? Yep. Yeah. Okay. This is the Here front. This is the front of our website. And as you can see, um, we uh, we also we're also into escalation and conflict. But uh, because our characters are also female, um, we like to emphasize the classical, you know, aspects of of femininity, beauty, power, grace, intelligence. You know, those kinds of things as qualities for these characters. Um, mm-hmm. you know and, and 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 with a classic kind of 1970s 1980s uh art style the art you see is by Jason Wright um he is from Pittsburgh he has over 650 credits in the industry mostly with DC he just he's mostly a colorist he he just came off uh, coloring the 12 issue metal men series um uh, oh. yeah for Dan Didio and Shane Davis and he's done a lot of different work before that for DC, Green Lantern, Batgirl, Secret Six, all kind of stuff. So here he creates um, our our covers and also our characters, which go on various stickers. We put stickers inside the book, so you can see five of the heroines. But we're now gonna we're gonna go to um, uh, a couple of the pages where you know you can uh, order the comics and order the videos and look at the villains and 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 heroines. So first we can go to. Uh, the the characters to show how Jason has rendered all of them. And there we go. There's some heroines. Um, each one is has uh, their own neighborhood in Pittsburgh, their own profession, uh, their own powers, and some of them have various ethnic identities too, um, or they're from a certain subculture like goth or heavy metal or um, you know computer computer geek stuff like that. So I'm showing you right now most of the heroines. Um, there are about 16 of those Most of them uh, belong to the Pittsburgh Heroin League Which formed in, in episode 13 uh, of our series And you can see all of them except for Zinya, Who is a sidekick <laughs> She's kind of like a Robin uh, to one of the uh, main characters All of them are, uh, you know, rendered uh, by Jason But these are actual drawings of the real actresses Who play them from Pittsburgh
2: so then Oh, cool
0: Yep, yep, they look ex- pretty much exactly like the actresses do, and uh, here are the, the villains. The villains look the same, uh, all done by Jason here. All the renderings. Um, that right there is Drake, um, as drawn by uh, uh, Mark Louis. <laughs> as you saw, Drake meets Drake in uh, in the Edge. Um, mm-hmm um drake in fact is also ben barnett who ben benjamin zeus barnett and benjamin is our interior artist one of our two interior artists i'll show you his uh you know his work in a minute we're going through the uh, villains here and you can see most of them are already rendered by jason but we're getting to a few that still have photos we um like that they're Indara and dark spectra those are gonna are on our new um sticker that's coming out so yeah those are the characters and the villains uh uh and uh if you go under comic book um you can look at comic book number one here and there you go on the left is jason's cover jason wright you can see his little uh, logo down there right 2019 and uh, on the right you can see uh benjamin uh, zeus barnett's cover Uh, i mean his interior art right there there's a page and there's a back cover by uh, local comic superstar, uh, Marcel Walker. Um, that is Jania, the Arabic superwoman, and uh, his girlfriend plays that in the, um, in the series. So you can imagine he did a good job drawing her. <laughs> and here's another page um, of a transformation that uh, uh, our character, Lu- Lunessa, undergoes. That's also Ben. So it's simple to order the book to, but just by clicking where it says add to cart for $9.99. Um, we'll go to comic book number two, the second issue, and there you can see the cover by Jason Wright on the left there, and on the right you can see a uh, page by Benjamin Zeus Barnett, uh, back cover by, uh, back pinup by of Poderosa. Um, she is our Puerto Rican superheroine, like a cross between Lois Lane and Power Girl. She's a TV reporter for the local station. And, uh, you know, kind of super-powered, flies around, and she is the official superheroine of her TV station. They pay her to be its representative, so she's kind of a professional heroine. And down here is the interior art by Wayne Brown. He joined us in issue two, and he'll be with us from now on doing half the interiors. Uh, Wayne is from Pittsburgh, and he does all the art for a great indie book called Like Father, Like Daughter, which was written by Cat Calamia. It's now on its seventh issue, and Wayne is doing really well with that book, too. So here you can see Jania and uh, Podorosa getting their their butts kicked by some flying robots, and then they kind of respond, and she spins around, smashes them. So that's Wayne's art. Again, you can order it directly from the website. And the third page under comic book is very informative because it shows you that uh, we are now stocked at over 125 stores across North America and a couple overseas. So any of these stores you look at, you can walk in and buy our physical comics in these stores. We tend to add about three or four stores uh, a week. So, for example, this week we added one in Texas, one in California, one in North Carolina, and one in Ohio. So we're adding them all over the place. And, you know, that includes about a dozen in the western Pennsylvania area where we're from. We have some very nice local comic shops which we support so that's the comic element of everything then uh you also have the video store and uh i'll just show you briefly that we have season one and season two we now have a total of 19 episodes with uh, our 20th coming out at the at the end of the month may 1st we're gonna have uh the 20th episode coming out it's episode 19 actually because uh, 18 was a two-parter but you can see the photos that you can click on and you can order all the episodes three four five six these are all live action all created in pittsburgh and uh, by episode 13 down there the heroine league formed uh, that's called freya and the heroine league there freya is our uh, thor our female thor type character she's kind of like a cross between uh uh jane foster and arnold schwarzenegger she's uh, uh, our german character and uh, there you see Poderosa in real life, uh, and uh, Jania and uh, Savannah is our cat lady. She's kind of like Catwoman and Cheetah. You see those. So that's the first season. The sec- we're right now we're in the middle of the second season. So we'll go to season two. Uh, there we go, and show you that these these episodes are more like the kind of things you would watch on the CW, right? Because we are making these live action shows. They're about 30 minutes apiece and they have multiple story arcs, right? So now you're seeing multiple uh, pictures of the various story arcs that are happening. There, you know, with we we use special effects. We got all kind of CGI crackles and uh, ice blasts and laser blasts. There's Poderosa getting blasted with the fear uh, ray. Uh, there's Drake, uh, Gardenia, Cybrina, Ex Machina. And we're all the way down to episode 18, which, as I said, is a two-parter. That's Panthera. She's kind of like uh, our, um, I don't know, I guess a a, a female Black Panther in a way. But um, she's also a little bit like Tigra. And um, there's Dark Spectra shooting her lasers. And there's Vendetta and Clarina battling it out. There's Marvin. You see him there? That's Marvin. Mm -hmm. He's being strangled by Savannah. He's one of the, yeah, there's Lunessa. And Industria Indara, so various uh, arcs, uh, story arcs are uh, happening right now. And the end of season two will be episode 21. So by early next year, we're going to have a total of 22, 23 episodes out, including the two-parters that people have uh, are downloading from all over the world. And um, if I switch to our YouTube, you can see right there all the clips we have. We have. Uh, about 1500 subscribers. We have uh, how many views five hundred eighty five thousand views. So that's doing pretty good there Almost six hundred thousand views and uh, if you go down the YouTube you can see all the clips uh, You can see the magnets that dr. Pixel created for us right there. You do you see all the uh, all the thumbnails? hmm right. So yeah, we have uh, uh, we have magnets for sale. We have t-shirts You know, the stickers go in the books. And then all of these are clips from the episodes or character intros or trailers for the episodes going all the way down. You know, if you want to sample and watch a lot of these characters, you can pick which episodes are your favorites and uh, follow that. Right there, we have uh, where it says where to buy Karen Berg Comics number one. We have Ben, uh, who who draws the comic. uh, Also, Detective Drake talking about the comic. Up here, we have... um, where is uh, number two? Oh, yeah, there on the right, you can see where to buy heroinburg Comics number two. Our uh, actress, uh, Mauricia, who plays Vendetta, uh, she's advertising both comics there. And uh, Mauricia herself is actually a comic book creator as well. She has a really good comic called Music Maker that uh, she is selling with us at various conventions. So there, you can see all of that stuff. And um, yeah, that's uh, that's our website. That's our YouTube channel. And uh yeah, thanks for letting us show that. We appreciate it. <laughs>
1: well, cool. Thanks for sharing it because it was – that's pretty cool. Um, so how many pages is
2: are, are each of the books?
0: Marvin, you want to go ahead first?
2: Yeah, so the pages, they come in at 24 to 32. Okay, cool.
0: So our book is uh, 20 for the first one and then 24 for the second one. Um, Each of them has two complete eight-page stories, but the 24-page book, the number two issue, also reprints. um, Here's something interesting. Uh, Before the uh, COVID, we were um, running a uh, a Heroinberg comic strip in the local Alternative News Weekly, right? Kind of like Boston Phoenix, right? Yeah. But it was called called, uh, Pittsburgh Current. And so, yeah, they had a comics insert section. And so we reprinted the strips from that newspaper in the back of issue number two. So it has four extra pages of strips. So you get actually six extra mini stories, uh, in issue number two, in addition to the two main stories.
1: Oh, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Man. I used to love reading the comic strips in the in the <laughs> paper.
0: Yeah, actually something very cool. And we're proud to say that, um, we cut out all the comic strips, you know, and, and, and preserve them carefully in little, uh, sealed uh, plastic thingies and, uh, the museum in Columbus that, uh, uh, features comic book art, the Billy Ireland museum actually yeah. took our stuff and uh, they took our first and second issue and all of our comic strip clippings into their collections. So if you go to Columbus, uh, in addition to finding our book in three different stores in the Columbus area, you will also find it in the archives of the Billy Ireland museum, which is one of two comic art museums, uh, in uh, in uh, North America, along with one in San Francisco, I think.
1: Wow, that's pretty cool.
0: Yeah, right next to Calvin and Hobbes and all that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I love Calvin and Hobbes. And what what happened to car? What happened to uh, comic strips? Really, it kind of like disappeared with the. Uh,
0: well, there. With- you know, Pretty much replaced by you know, web comics, I guess. Right? They're they're now web comics.
1: Yeah, uh, you know, webtoons and Canva. Uh, right. That's you know that's huge. But you know, I'm old man. I I, <laughs> I like my comics the old fashioned way. You know, print yeah, so it up. Do we.
0: That's yeah. That's why we are um heavily Marvin and I both. I mean, neither of us have done a Kickstarter or an Indiegogo yet. Not to say that we won't in the future, but right now we're com we're concentrating on making sure that our books are at your lcs as much as possible marvin through previews and us di- going direct so yeah i mean we we back i we back uh marvin you back uh uh some crowdfunds, right yeah yeah we yeah. both back crowdfunding campaigns and there's some that i really enjoy uh both on idg and kickstarter but uh you know at some point we'll we'll go that route with uh, maybe some collections and stuff like that but uh yeah, the first and foremost we want to make sure things are available physically in your local store
2: all right you got you got to protect those lcss make sure they're yes still support the yeah, LCS.
1: The, uh, the industry seems to be against the Lcs right now so yeah, more- like, it's 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 crazy to me because you know not every comic shop can afford to go out and you know toss you know tens of thousands of dollars at like you know at a marvel dc or image to get their own you know exclusive cover you know just to, to sell in the stores to hype up and and stuff like that
2: right i mean Martin, I, you
0: want to talk about your your uh, pittsburgh exclusive cover that you're working on
2: sure so we're, we're going to do we're doing a, a pittsburgh exclusive cover that's going to be available at stores in pittsburgh so we're we're, doing, we're going to do the exclusive thing but we're going to make sure that all the stores in, in the city that are are interested in it can get it um but we've also been talking with some stores and some youtube channels in florida that are interested in doing something very similar i know uh there's a store
1: like central florida uh called the collective oh yes. yeah
0: we're both we're both in there yes in oh, fact good. yeah. Florida is almost like a second home for, for, for Heroinberg. And I hope it will be for the edge too. I mean, we have clusters of stores like in Northeast Ohio, Western New York, but Florida is especially, um, you know, uh, uh, feels like a second home almost for us because we are heavily influenced by George Perez and um, we're friends with Roland Mann from Silverline who lives down there. In fact, we were going to bring him up to a uh, COVID happened. And uh, uh, we also are very influenced by a, uh, uh, Bill Black from Femforce. I mean, Heroinberg in some ways is kind of like a Pittsburgh, an updated Pittsburgh version of Femforce, you know, because Femforce was based in Orlando. So, yeah, we feel a certain uh, affinity towards Central Florida, and we have about eight stores in uh, the Tampa and Orlando areas so far. So, yeah, Collective Danny at the Collective is, is a great guy.
1: Yes. Oh, yeah, he's awesome. Uh, now, here's here here's a big question as you know independent publishers how are you how are you going about funding the books and you know paying your artist and everybody
2: uh, that, that, that would be me uh maintaining a full-time job to, <laughs> to make sure that <laughs> these guys are, are are getting what they pay but i'm with uh, a publisher a uh, second site so distribution okay. and all that stuff is handled by them. but yeah we you still so you got to pay your pay your art team and make sure that those guys are happy and taken care of so that they keep churning out good stuff for you
1: yeah that's it's it's always it's always been a thing you you always want to make sure you're paying your artist
2: good mm-hmm. you want them to keep because you want them to keep coming back yes yes and like I said that I've been working with mark uh since two thousand twelve so and it's been nine years uh, that we've been working together. So, I mean, um, he, he says he's happy, so I, I'm i not going to dismiss him and say he's not. <laughs> I'm not going to ask him because he said he was. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, he's, he's, in the, yourself,
2: so.
0: he's in the Philippines, right? So Correct, things, yes. things go a little further. The dollar stretch a little further there. So, yeah, on, on our uh, end of things, as far as funding, well, we have to pay for both uh, videos and comics, right? So, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so definitely there's a few part-time jobs involved. There's some stocks and bonds, you know, things like that. Um, and, of course, there's the support of the of, of the direct sales, you know, um, uh, to to the stores as well. So, and of the videos. Um, so there's all those things. Uh, but, yeah, not, neither of us are making a living off of this. And uh, we, we're both doing it because we enjoy it immensely, I think, uh, yeah. unless I'm wrong. <laughs> right, Marvin? Oh, yeah.
2: I mean, if it wasn't fun, I mean, there's no reason to do it. I mean, we're not we're not working for a corporation, so I mean, it no. has to be some love in it. Completely independent, DIY.
1: Oh yeah, it's it's definitely got to be you know a a libra love to get it to get into uh to get into indie comics because it's like, well, how much am I gonna make? Make
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> nothing. <laughs> But you're, you're going to make comic books and make people happy.
2: Yeah. yeah. And that's all. That's what it should be about is that it's the, enjoying the, the craft and producing something that can bring joy to someone's life, even if it's for like 20 or 30 minutes. So being able to just dive into a world and enjoy what's happening.
1: Yeah, it's it's been my favorite form of escapism since 1974.
0: So escape. Escaping the real world since nineteen seventy
1: four. That's a good <laughs> motto. Yeah, so, yeah I, I mean, I, I've been trying. I could use some of those portals, though. I'll tell you. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I mean, you might, might you might not want to step through it because you never, you don't know where you're going to land at. Because you know, she doesn't have a lot of control over it, and it's you're going to, you're going to find that people might be a little bit skittish about stepping in there. They don't. I mean, you could consider it like. Um, the transporter on Star Trek, and some of the characters didn't really, oh, no, don't transport me. Don't break my molecules down. Mm -hmm. I'll take that shuttle. Well, maybe after a bottle of Patron, I wouldn't care. I just drive through my wheelchair. (laughs) So you just want to just walk in there with the bottle, and (laughs) it's like, yeah, Yeah.
1: you know, what's the worst thing that could happen? You You have have to share it. What's that, <laughs> drone?
2: <laughs> what's Make sure drone? you it up everybody. <laughs> Let me show you. So yeah, I mean, that escapism is what we're, what we're about here, and, and yeah. trying to tell stories where someone can turn off their brain or, and, and just enjoy their time in that world and not have to worry about what's happening outside their window or what's happening on the news at this current time. Just, just in, something to enjoy. Oh, most definitely. It's fun, fun until they take, it, take the T-Bird away, right?
1: Uh, yeah. <laughs> they, they took mine away already, so. <laughs> and uh, who do you guys look up to in the industry? I know you mentioned, like, George Perez and a few other people. And, I mean, I love George. I definitely do because you know I I paid I paid to get his autograph, so little, I lost. Must...
0: little known fact about George. Um, one of our other influences, I mentioned Bill Black, right? And George, so yeah, besides the comics they do, both Bill Black and George Perez have done a long-running series of live-action superheroine videos. <laughs> uh Bill Black with his um with his um uh, Night Vale Media company. And uh, mm-hmm. George George Perez with a series called The Sisterhood of Superheroines, which in some ways was translated to uh, to paper when he put out that Sirens book in around 2013. I mean, it's not oh, the same yeah. characters, but the same kind of idea, you know, an all-female super team. So yeah, so both of them actually did did a very a, a whole bunch of live-action uh, heroines, and that's kind of. Those are some of you know other than watching uh, TV shows in the 70s and 80s, you know, uh, you know where whether it's Black Scorpion or or uh, Wonder Woman or Electra Woman and Dinah Girl, yeah. Uh, oh yeah. Bill Black, Bill Black and George Perez are where we got uh, you know some of our ideas for for what we're doing today. So yeah, gotta give big ups to both of them. Um, can I? Uh, I can talk about a couple more than Marvin can go up. Uh, well, what probably uh, my uh, one of uh, one of a couple of my favorite books today, which I mentioned earlier, are Invincible by Robert Kirkman, which you know re- recently became a cartoon. It's really the most solid superhero book of the 21st century, and uh, we think that Adam Eve is probably the best superheroine you know over the past 10 years, uh, you know, in in major <laughs> comics. And the other book we really like is Empowered by Adam Warren, which has apparently escaped all the politically correct uh, stuff and continues to come out and be very irreverent and super sexy and also um comment you know a lot of commentary on uh the tropes of the industry and it's also an an american manga as well so we uh i would i would give big uh ups to both invincible and empowered uh there's a lot of other ones but um those are the two that come to mind uh immediately
2: Um marvin can uh can throw his uh, weight around. <laughs> so I would say, like, I brought it before the, the image guys and how I, I like back then how they took command of their own destinies pretty much, and how uh, you look at and Eric Larson, who is still going strong on Savage Dragon, and then how Todd McFarlane built an empire around just his single Spawn character. So it's, yeah. it's just following guys who like to take chances and then and, and build things around things that they're they're familiar with and what they, what they, the things they want to bring to the table to make them more vibrant and more approachable to the rest of the community. And you know who else is still around who kind of uh, I've
0: admired for a while and he's still doing stuff? Uh, a Pittsburgh artist by the name of Don Simpson, who actually, yeah. he has the great book uh, Megaton Man and his whole universe there. Um, he did a, a crossover in the 90s with savage dragon it was megaton man versus savage dragon i have that it's super funny and uh, i like the idea of the kind of campiness that don simpson and similar people bring to comics so to keep it kind of lighthearted, i mean we deal with serious topics in heroinburg, both in the comics but at the same time there's always this kind of batman 66 or uh uh the tick type of campiness, you know, about the characters, you know, they, they kind of overact and they're, they're very dramatic and kind of, uh, um, I don't know, just really fun and colorful, you know, like uh, more, I I, I guess, uh, you know, in, in, in a DC type of way. Um, Oh, other, uh, another good example of campiness would be the, the nineties justice league international run, right. With Keith Giffen, like all those, all those characters and how, you know, the buddy, Story between Blue Beetle and uh, uh, and Booster Gold and yeah. Guy Gardner's uh, being being a dick and uh, Ice and Fire and uh, and uh, Green Lantern getting it on and all those kind of things. Uh, I yeah, I, I'm, I'm kind of inspired by the Justice League 90s stuff uh, and uh, and some of the stuff uh, um, you know from that book. Uh, kind of comes out in in the humor of what we do as well. <laughs>
1: and don't don't forget about Batman punching out Guy Gardner too. That was a that was a <laughs> jam.
0: That, that happened.
1: That was my favorite thing. And then then I hated Guy for the longest time. And then he then uh, you know uh, Jeff Johns and and that whole that whole era kind of like you know turned him around. I'm like oh. Good. I kind of like him now. <laughs> He's all right
2: now, and I'm glad because I have like two copies of his first appearance. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, it's it's always when a good writer and a good creative creative team gets a hold of a character and makes them better than other people have used them. Like they were kind of background characters before, and then you just need that spark from someone to make that character more viable and more approachable. Oh yeah there's,
1: there's all kinds of characters like that, that end up, you know, as background characters, but then, you know, you, you see them in a, in a book, but you, you're like, Oh, they're kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. And then then you don't see them for like two or three more issues. I'm like, well, I want to know more about this character. They're interesting.
0: One character that uh, strikes would strike us as being like that. Uh, although now I don't think I'd read anything, uh, uh, at this point, but for a very long time, would be She-Hulk. Uh, we like, I mean, we really like John Byrne's She-Hulk runs, right? And, oh, yeah. uh, you know, I mean, she was like just a, uh, uh, created to uh, keep the uh, the Hulk uh, uh, franchise going for a little bit, but, you know, wound up being, uh, you know, an incredible uh, and, and very appealing character in her own right. Mm-hmm. And now she's a you know, TV coming out, everything. So, yeah. That's a good example, I think.
1: I, I loved when when Byrne launched that series, and she was just basically having conversations with John Byrne as the issue progressed. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, okay, this is this is hilarious. I love this book.
0: Self referential, fourth wall breaking.
1: Yeah, breaking the fourth know, wall before all Deadpool did
0: it. Very meta. Yeah, yeah. Self was Deadpool before. Yeah.
1: Yeah, most definitely. It's you know, and uh, with with Hulk because I've been collecting Hulk since I was a kid. But mm-hmm. uh, I think the best thing that's come out of Marvel in years has been uh, Ewing's uh, Immortal Hulk. Oh yeah, and there was there was talk that once he wraps up that series at issue fifty, that he wanted to do in a mortal She Hulk series.
0: Well, uh I would have no problem with that, except they really haven't uh, depicted her uh, with uh let's say beauty, grace, and power the way I would uh, like it. That's just my personal opinion though
1: <laughs> yeah they they handled, they handled her pretty pretty good for a while, and then there was you know of course there was that run where she joined the Fantastic Four for a while. Oh, that was great, actually. I have you most know, that, of those that was yeah. you know, that was good stuff.
2: More than recent Avengers books is where um, things got a little weird for She Hulk. Yeah, the uh,
1: I mean Burns FF run is like my my favorite, you know, part of you know that book series. You know, minus of course the early Kirby stuff because you know, hello. Uh, but there's there's things I like to see that you know used to be done in comics that you know isn't done anymore that they yeah, kind of yeah. like they you know they seem to push a lot of stuff to the side and you know everything's either going to be you know bloody or violent that doesn't seem to be a lot of character development and mm-hmm. you know and in the modern comic, so,
2: but right. I think that that's where the indie books come into play because it's it's someone's passion. It's more passion in it than you would find in your typical uh, Marvel, DC, or other book. So, I mean, balance is, is okay as long as there's a reason for it. Like, I just I just don't want to see the, somebody show up on page one and get the holy hell beat out of them, and, and you don't even know who they are. So, it's like what we're doing with our books. We're building something. Uh, and just taking the audience for a ride. And I thought I think the roller coaster ride is something that's been lost along the, along the way with some books because all it is is just you're building repetitiveness to an issue one. Just like I just saw recently that they just announced they had this whole entire thing where they were building creating a new X Men team, which preceded them to have a new X Men number one. I'm like, how many X Men number ones are, are there? And how many do you need? Before you get the point of, we're just we're just rebooting this to get you into the into a shop so we can do twenty different variant covers
1: endlessly. Yeah. Yep. I was just having this exact conversation with uh, somebody, uh, a friend of mine, Andrew Lavolo from uh, from Massachusetts. There mm-hmm. is a uh, is a comic creator and you know an an artist and yep. yeah yeah I, I know and. Uh, he you know he he had said something about this and you know i i chimed in with well you know welcome to the world of mini series after mini series why because number one sell more therefore they can charge more for the number ones and you know make a dozen you know variant covers you know for each one
2: mm-hmm. I mean, is that how how is that enticing the reader? You're 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 selling you're selling the the uh, for the front cover of a book. What about what's inside of it? I mean, we need to know what's going on with these characters from the inside, not just from the outside.
1: Oh yeah, it's you know the the whole thing with with them doing that, and I mean, I've read you know I've collected X you know Uncanny and X Men for like. You know, such a, you know, ridiculously long amount of time now, Mm -hmm. and I mean, I liked what Hickman did, but it was okay. Well, here's the new X Men series, and now it's gone. And here's another one, and now it's gone. (laughs) Oh, now we're gonna do a twenty-two pot crossover that is just characters having sword fights. Yeah, and then we're gonna cancel everything but these four books. And we're gonna bring twenty-two more books in. I'm like, no, I don't I I no Sam I am, I do not like green eggs and ham, and I do not like what they're doing with my X-Man.
2: Yeah. I mean, but you're you're up, they're up front with their total misunderstanding of what the audience is looking for. Yeah. Um, people have been telling Mar both Marvel and DC enough with the events for how many years? And they still keep turning out. Like they'll have, you have one event going on while three others are going on, and it's basically the same group of characters. How can they be in all these places at one time? Yeah, it's I, that was that was the one thing that, and I, and I will say that the Secret Invasion storyline is why that that would have been so good because that would explain how Wolverine was in eight books in a the month because they're all
1: scrolls. Yeah, that would make that would make more sense to me. Yeah, scroll, they did, got scroll, but, green. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's it's but, a little uh, crazy. I, I think uh, the last you know big event that I enjoyed from Marvel was uh, Hickman's uh, like battle World secret Wars.
2: yeah
1: I mean that was great and and you know here I go with my double standard. I, I liked all the mini series on top of mini series that surrounded the like the main storyline mm-hmm. were awesome. And yes, the sucker that I am, <laughs> I, I, I bought every bloody book.
0: Uh probably I mean, just Pops was in here for a minute. Yeah, I think he's still watching. So back to the violence uh, aspect that you were mentioning a little bit. Um, uh, we don't mind, you know, violent books like the, the or TV shows like The Boys. You know, with there's lots of escal- escalation and blood. But our comic it, it itself and our series, I would call it PG thirteen. In other words, maybe someone under, but uh, you know, a mature uh, tweener can watch it and. Um, uh, we have this kind of the same level of violence as say an avengers movie or even maybe a little less and um, uh, Yeah, I would you know, I would keep it kind of in the middle of the road mainstream levels so that uh, the, the most uh, people can can enjoy it and watch it, you know from from uh, from uh, lower upward but uh, yeah, I mean personally I have no problem watching more uh, violent stuff i mean uh the boys uh, besides the boys invincible the invincible cartoon itself uh has spurts you know big spurts of violence as well um it's just oh it's yeah I've, seen, I've watched that it's pretty good yeah it's more realistic in, in some ways to see uh villains and heroes actually beat beaten to a pulp rather okay. than uh than not you know yeah. but uh it really depends on the universe
2: so right. Well, I always thought that the invincible one was was a good showing of what would what would really happen if Batman decided he wanted to fight Superman. It that would last would, two seconds. Yeah, Maybe that two would work seconds. out too well. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it just it just it's just funny how in these movies and these in these books, it's always that well, Batman has. Uh, 24 hours to plan. Like, who's going to wait 24 hours to come kick Batman's ass? You just go up in this house and kick his ass. Like in, Bane a way like,
0: in a way, it's like, well, other superheroes in the DC universe
2: uh, faced off with Superman, you know? Yeah. <laughs> not just Batman. Yeah. So that's what it's saying. It's like, like where, remember how Bane, he just showed up at, at Wayne Manor and kicked Batman's ass. Yeah.
1: And it, I mean, I'm not opposed. Of the violence, I kind of enjoy it. Uh, but just as long as, you know, like any particular issue isn't, you know, all about
2: the violence. Mm. Well, I mean, the, the violence has to, has to have a, a meaning and it has to have consequences. Yeah. Um, just, you know, just not like violence for violence sake. Right. You know? Yeah. That's, well, that's I mean, context. Yes. Well, I mean, if you point to the, um, the falcon and winter soldier the last episode uh not the one this from last week when you had consequences for someone doing what they did so yeah there has to be consequences to, to that balance you can't just no nobody is mentally that stable that they're just going to blow through all these people and, and not feel bad later that they did these things unless they're yeah. completely psychopathic <laughs> right right there's a complete psychopath like Revenant, so <laughs> He's that guy that will plow through a bunch of people, won't feel anything about it, and then he'll blame others because he had to do it. I mean, that's
0: kind of like in in The Boys, Homelander is almost at that level.
2: Right. Look what you made me do. Why did you make me do this? Yeah, he's got the, uh,
1: well, Homelander at times kind of like has has the appearance that, you know, well, outside of being mentally unstable, uh, that he's, you know, like an eight-year-old little kid.
2: Yes. Well, he's definitely got mommy issues. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <You think? laughs> so I mean, but then again, that's that again is is build up consequences and having a, the feeling that this it, that all this violence is leading and it means something, and and it's going to have a payoff at some point. It's not just there just to be there. Yeah. I. I. You know.
1: You know, context is everything, and you know, you want that. and You want you basically want everything throughout the book to
2: mean something. Yes. Then you, you want the characters to feel that and to understand that their world could be folding in on them, and you want that. You want that re- emotional reaction from the characters also when you're writing this stuff. And, and just like in in the, the beginning, issue two, we go and we do something that was one of the hardest things that I have to write for a character. Um, And I'm hoping that it it pays off the way that I'm hoping that it pays off right at the beginning of issue two. And uh, when is issue two going to be available? That will be in the next previews for release in July. Okay, cool. So issue one issue one is on the stands right now. Uh, It's as I said, it is sold out. So if your store, if the stores don't have it, we will be doing a second print uh, for reorders uh, right around the release issue two,
0: and we have uh, issues one and two out on this, and number three will come out probably in the win- in, in the late winter. You know, right at the end of the year. So we go backwards. We, I mean, not backwards. We go back and forth between producing the videos and the comics. Uh, it's uh, Marvin knows I don't uh, multitask super well. I like <laughs> to concentrate on one thing and get it done right. So releasing a video releasing a comic and sometimes they happen to coincide and sometimes they don't right so but yeah one and two are out uh, all over
1: and and how often do uh do the books come out for you
0: for us i would say yeah. eight nine you know and uh the videos come out about every four to five months they sometimes sometimes alternate right it takes lo- It takes longer to make the comic than it does to make the video.
1: Yeah, because so, uh, art art is hard.
0: Art is hard. Uh, you know, uh, filming ladies is, is easier than uh, drawing them. <laughs>
2: yes. Well, and it's also the the process behind it because you've got to write a script and you've got to approve the art. You have to color the art. Has to be lettered. Yeah. So I mean, it's, a, it's a whole entire thing of uh, jumping from one, jumping on one foot and the other.
0: Well, there's several, there's several, you know, steps obviously to making a video too. Yes. We have to add Foley, soundtrack, um, uh, special effects, those kinds of things. But those are more kind of a linear process that can be done by like one or two people. Mm. Um, whereas the art, you know, usually winds up being, uh, maybe four, you know, and, uh, so, um, yeah.
2: Right. But it's and all I mean, rewarding. Yes. And that's where the passion comes into it, where if you didn't have a passion for it, there's no way you can get through issue one, let alone two, three, four, and more. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: After the first, you know, after the first, you know, couple, you'd be like, wow, man, this is just too much
2: for it. Yeah. <laughs> and and I think that like, people fall into that trap where Don't give up uh, it becomes so much work for them that they never get past issue one because issue one was so was so draining for them that an- another issue will be would just be detrimental to their health. Yeah, I know uh you know, talking to some people
1: like, you know, at conventions, you know, you remember you remember conventions, right?
2: Oh yeah. We've got oh, one yeah. coming up next month.
0: What, what, yeah. what's that uh, convention what's that no 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 we we have one yeah we do uh, uh we have one coming up next month in Pittsburgh called Free River Light because it's light instead of inside uh, and um yeah Marvin and I are both going to be there along with uh probably Ben Barnett uh uh Wayne Brown Marisha Malvo. uh probably Marcel. Some of our heroines are going to be out there, and um, it's different uh, for, for us than uh, for maybe other uh, cosplayers, because we don't, uh, our, our, our uh, heroines aren't cosplayers, They're actual actresses in the actual costumes, so meeting them is like meeting Chris Evans, and just, uh, you know, we're, we're only Pittsburgh famous, and so, you
1: know? <laughs> we're we're Penguin true. famous. What do you got? We're what? We're penguin famous. What do you got? Penguin
0: fa- steel, penguin and steel are famous. Yeah, exactly. Still city famous is what it steel is. Still city famous, steel that's steel right. Steel city, yeah. Now uh What's that? May, 20- May
1: 22nd and 20 20- the yes. Three Rivers in Pittsburgh. Oh, cool. I know uh, this weekend uh, ICCC is going on down in uh, Nashville, and I know some uh, some cons are uh, mega mega cons going to be going on in Florida. And, yeah, in Florida, and a few others. So
2: yeah, uh, Brick Brick, uh, Brick City is tomorrow also in Florida, uh, and uh, Second Fight will have a presence there. More flowers all
1: open, so that's good.
0: Yes. Where's Brick City?
1: Uh,
2: let me see.
0: Oh, sorry, I didn't mean to ask a question you didn't immediately know. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it seems like you know the in 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 the in some of the uh, states like Texas and Florida thing, and Tennessee, things are to the can happen and but up here in like Pennsylvania, it's more kind of halfway, you know. So uh having one outside in tents, you know, um in the parking lot is better than one at all. <laughs> yeah, it's uh
2: ocala Florida, OCL. OCala, yeah. yeah. huh yeah, it looks like uh um Roland will be here also.
0: Yeah, Roland's great. Love Silverline Comics.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Roland's been on the few <clears throat> pardon me. I'm getting all the clumped. <laughs> oy Oy, <vey. laughs> oy vey. Uh yeah, Roland's been on the show a uh, couple of times. And
0: uh, Yeah, he's great. We hope to bring up here next year um to to Three Rivers.
1: Yeah, and uh a friend of mine, Phil Leon, did some uh, j- just finished doing some coloring for uh, a silver line book. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, we are regular watchers of the Silverline uh,
1: channel. Yeah, i i I've watched a whole bunch of stuff that they've done, but uh, when when he starts assigning roles to people and they're gonna like do like a read through of, of a of a book in character, all the stuff that they say before that actually happens usually has me, you know, rolling in stitches and... Yeah, I'm,
0: it's funny. It's like doing a table read or something, yeah. you know, like a... And I'm, like, uh, I'm looking because um, I can't breathe. Yeah. So like, oh. I, I think the episode of the Muppets or something, maybe the new one where they did a table read and uh, it, was, it was hilarious.
1: <laughs> Gotta come up with a character voice and, and everything else
0: exactly sound like sound like Sam Jackson or something you know
2: well, I'm the superhero guy who does super stuff mm. okay. see uh, so
1: where do you guys uh, like people following you on social media
2: uh, I'm perfectly fine with any follow me anywhere I am I'm on Facebook I am at the edge uh, comic on instagram i'm at the edge comic and on twitter i am at marvin Wynn because someone has at the edge comic and they won't i mean they've never posted to it and they won't ever they won't give it up or twitter won't take it away from them anymore whatever whatever dang it Yeah, it's terrible i'm
0: oh, sorry i'm sorry it's terrible it's terrible. It's, oh. four, it's four tens he <laughs> it's, it's,
2: it's, it's four tens Four tens. that's yep, a lex so, Luthor yep. too. So there, there was an old D.C. glossary book where it uh, had uh, Lex Luthor stealing 40 cakes. 40 cakes. And, it's, and, and, the, and the math problem was it's four, it's four tens, and four tens is terrible. So we equate four tens to things being terrible because of yeah. that that glossary.
0: Yeah, that's <laughs> a little joke. Uh, things that are terrible are called four tens. Um, so you can find, uh, of course, you can go to our website and uh, order the comic and the videos. But as far as our socials, we are on Facebook, um, YouTube, and DeviantArt as Heroinberg. That's H E R N E B R G H In other words, female superheroes in Pittsburgh with the H. And on Twitter, we are at Heroinberg1. But, you know, you can find it easily.
1: I'm sure if you type in Heroinberg... Uh, you can forego the one. I don't think anybody else is heroin. Sure. Or what's,
0: what's interesting yeah. is um that uh, uh heroinberg is a unique term. Else exists like that in the world. So you type us into Google or Bing, and every single thing that comes up is directly related to what we're doing. You know, whether it's uh, our socials or our website or articles written about us. So, or you know, uh, uh, uh like this one. So, so yeah, we uh. We don't have any competitors for the name. That's for sure. It
2: is unique. Yes. Which, which is hard to do in, in this world. to have a unique uh, name for something. Uh,
1: especially in the comic book field. Yes.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, guys, I want to, I want to thank you for uh, coming out and hanging out with us for a while. And, uh, you know, letting us know what you got going on with the, you know, the videos and the comics and, uh, you know, Mar- Marvin over there, you know, all hooked up in, you know, the previews catalog and selling out of books. And congratulations on that because sure. that's pretty awesome. Thank you. And uh, I'll yeah, get
2: you know that's that's huge. Uh we do we do what we can and like i said that we're just trying to bring some some entertainment, some fun into people's lives and let them shut down their brain and just enjoy something for a little while. Oh, for sure.
0: I like to call it action, uh adventure, comedy, romance and
1: drama all in the finest spandex and capes.
2: <laughs> awesome.
1: You know, as, as long as you don't make me wear spandex, just, you know.
0: <laughs> oh, no. You're, you are exempt. i give you a sign <laughs> not a rape. Yeah.
1: That's what I said all through the 80s. Middle of high school, you see, you see certain people wearing spandex and like, ooh. And then you see the other people like, ooh. <laughs> now it's Man. yoga pants, though, so yeah it's it's like man that man that's a that's a privilege not a right (laughs) it's like i don't know the difference between leggings and and yoga pants and frankly i don't care (laughs) well guys uh thank you so much and uh you. you know Good luck with with all your endeavors. You know, videos, comics, and uh, you know, uh, selling out issues.
2: Okay. Thank you very much for having us on. Yes.
1: And uh, it's 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 been a pleasure. Uh, the, the books look cool. Uh, the the videos look cool and campy, and uh, it just looks like a good you know a good old time to just relax and enjoy some comics. Yes. That's
2: right. That's what, that's what we're trying to do.
1: All right. Well, peace, peace, love, and uh, read some comics, everybody. Uh, until next time, right here on Creators Outlet.
2: Right. Well, good
1: night. Good night. Good night, everybody.